You want to try a country beat? You want to try a country? <laughs> you want to find a country beat? This is stroke bio. Grab your cows, oh boy. Grab your cows, oh boy. Need my flannel back. I just shot my yak. Good meats, good eats. Hotter brunch, good treats. This is drunk down. But listen to it, it's a treat. Mm mm mm. mm. Just painting my fence. Voted for my pants. That doesn't make sense. We just minorities in this country. Drunk dial, drunk dial, drunk dial, drunk dial, drunk dial. Hold on to the bowl. Drunk dial, drunk dial, drunk dial, drunk dial. Hold on to your bowl. My pronouns are ye and y'all. <laughs> Yeehaw. That was great. Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Ike Michaels. With me filling in in the co-host chair, the Hoosier Heater herself, Hannah Rushline. Howdy ho. Uh, and on the ones and twos, the wheels of steel at coming off a very hot country track. That is Jay McKee. Hi, y'all. <laughs> that was good. I gotta, I gotta let you know the reason for the country inspired intro is because the three of us goon squads, uh, just went to Detroit for the weekend. We did three days of comedy Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And then we drove back very late, uh, through the night on, uh, on Sunday evening and Hannah, Hannah took over driving, which thank you again for driving. Hannah, I wouldn't say is driving your favorite thing to do, but you, you, you were like, look, I'll drive. But what, what was the stipulations? Um, on this particular trip, it, it was just that I would be able to control the music if I felt thus so compelled. Yes. And I did feel thus so compelled, but I was able to create an environment in the car with which I could sustain driving the entire time without having to split that with any of the rest of y'all, AKA Thad, um, which I would have been perfectly fine to do. In fact, it was Thad's car, so I didn't even have to drive in the first place. I just, I'm often on the road anyway. And before my car kind of petered out uh, a few months ago, I was, always driving myself to any, basically any of the states that I was going to, um, and, and often to almost always alone. So like actually like powering through a five hour drive from Detroit, even moderately high for me is something like I've done. My muscle memory is, is good on it. I know that I'm like, I'm not a great driver by any stretch of the imagination. Um, my driving record proves it <laughs> uh, time and time again. Everyone has a Hannah wreck story, I believe, or like some kind of like something happening with vehicles. But I'm like pretty decent when it comes to just like long stretch driving. I can get yeah. very like zoned out, but I have to make sure, like you said, um, that the temperature and the ambiance with within the, uh, the whatever vehicle we're in is uh, very, very Hannah curated. Well, what happened, which I uh, tickled me to death and I thought was really fun, is we started, I don't know exactly how it started, but we started talking about country music. And, and Hannah, Hannah and Thad are actually, you're both from small towns outside of Indianapolis. That's right. But you were saying that you hated country music, and Hannah was saying that she has this deep self lo- love for country music. And I think what we found is that all of us in our own ways had all of these, especially like older country songs that we really enjoyed for whatever reason. And it ended up going us taking turns of picking a song and then also finding the different categories of country music. So there's a, there's like, uh, you know, he, he's been cheating on me country. There's, there's sad country. There's party country. There's all these different categories that we kind of found and so we we started taking turns and that was fun but then we started just (laughs) 
inventing subgenres of country yeah, music. Yeah, or just going back into like dipping our toes in whatever knowledge we have of country music yeah. or a song that we just wanted to hear again and it lasted about four fucking hours at first <laughs> i mean and the thing is i'm totally fine with that but i do want to put something out there right at the very start i am a fan of country music especially now however i was not always there i was just like that we like both of us did grow up in a small town but i grew up very like get this fucking off the radio yeah sort of like uh stance towards country right. until like my 30s or like even quite frankly you know what i mean in my sobriety have i truly even like gotten back into appreciating it although i've always like known all the words so it's like to all those different songs so like i've definitely gone through the an absolute plethora of emotions as far as how country music makes me feel upon listening however i will say that no matter whether i liked it or not growing up it's in me i you know what i mean in like uh -huh. the tiny towns it's like we didn't have tons of radio stations like that's how rural you know it yeah. was so it's like even if i didn't like country music growing up which i didn't i had to hear it it didn't yeah. matter whether i liked it or not it was three out of every five radio stations was country so it's like even when you're not paying attention to shit Man. You know, like, I know all the words to the songs, whether I'm, like, blacked out or, you know what I mean? Like, don't want to know or not. It's, it's like, it, it's in me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> I grew up listening to country on accident. Like, someone would turn it on. I'm like, oh, this is, this is ruining my vibe. I'm in the car. You can't really do anything. And then, and just... It just gets bad. Like, I've gotten kicked out of parties to country music. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, that's, I went to, like, a party one time, and this is, a, this a is, theme song. it's not like they're like, turn that on, <laughs> kick the black person out. It was, but. <laughs> Goodbye, darky. But everybody, yeah. They're oh, like, my God. I. But it was like that. That's, I'm, that's real. That's real. I like, know. someone thought I was, like, looking at them wrong, I know. and I wasn't. And, and they're like, he's got to go. Like, they all, like, started to talk about it. And, like, my friend, Jared, stood up for me. And he's like, he's not doing anything. Like, and he's like, yeah, blah, blah. Like, he was ra being racist. And then, like, yeah, he's starting too much problems. And I was like, I'm literally just chilling. Yeah. Like, doing nothing. And so, like, that in the background to having very aggressive experiences. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody needs so, a soundtrack for right, getting your ass not, whooped. But that's not the artist's fault. Like and like I think that's what happened. No, it's not the artist's fault. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I had a time I had a time. Garth Brooks, whomever's you made you feel out. like you've done you know, this is on you. It's not. If we were realizing right now, this is you know, everyone is how they react to country music. Like I've gotten in fights with roommates. Like saying like, turn that off dude, right 100%. now. One hundred percent. Now sit in here and I just hit a my bowl really hard, so my brain just cracked open an extra level, but it's like and I'm laughing thinking about all this country shit, but it's like for sure there has there have had to in minimum. This is not a real statistic, but I think anyone who hears this will think in their own mind and go, oh, for sure. Um, for In the history of the United States, however long it's been a country, like minimum 100 people over the years have had to have been like beat near death or killed. Killed. I venture to say minimum 100 humans have lost their life since the inception of the U.S. of A. because of an argument fueled by country music. Yeah. You think only a hundred? I just, I just wanted to say minimum. Oh, wow. you know, because obviously think that's probably this is, a yearly. I feel like uh, the statistic. only like one hundred. Like there's COVID deaths and there's yeah, yeah. barn burner deaths. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that going deeper with it, it's like, and I'm not talking like I'm just saying like it could be anything from like oh a country song being played on a jukebox. You know what I mean? And triggering an old hillbilly. You know what I'm saying? Into potentially. Killing his no, there's spouse. Been a, there's been a lot of knife fights over the country. One hundred percent, or just somebody putting country on in like a Boston, like towny bar, and then that being the last time they hear 
you know, friends in low places mm. as they're getting stabbed to death. I, I don't know if it was triggered by the song, but I, I used to work in a dive bar on the west side. And I, I feel like at around five o'clock, it was always like kind of rock or country music playing. And there was two bar flies that used to hang in there every day. And they were they were friends. They were, they were acquaintances. They would hang out and drink together and talk. But one day, uh, things got a little bit rowdy and got a little bit heated and they got into a fist fight. And one of them punched the other one, and the guy had glasses on, and he punched his glasses into the eyeball, and the guy lost his eye. He like lost his sight over like a like a midday bar fight. And that's not a country song. That's not. It should be. Hand to God, I'm gonna make a small like a small side pod that's only maybe ten minutes long, and it's just people who. <laughs> have been affected or have a story about a fight or something greater uh, arising from a country song. How has country music... <laughs> have you been injured in a country music accident? Man, like you I, you just associate it with the people you knew. So the people that like were singing those songs, like there are also sometimes like the people that were being jerks and then that would just talk down to you in like a, a weird way. It was like, I don't have to put up with this for the rest of my life. And so then when it gets brought up out of nowhere, you're like someone's like, okay, there's Neo, there's uh, there's Michael Jackson, and then like, oh, this one, and it's a country song. You're like, nope. When I was, uh, when I was in high school, especially between, I mean all of high school for me, but like especially between like freshman and junior year, I was kind of like speed dating with personalities. Like it's, or wow. I was like trying to figure out who I was and what I was into. So there was a time when I had, uh, I, I would I would briefly kind of try out a lot of different um, things. And I remember I bought this shirt one time and it kind of looked like a country shirt once I got it back home. And then I asked my stepdad, my stepdad's a, you know, he's a, he's a good old boy. And uh, he had this like a uh, big uh, cowboy hat. And I was like, can I borrow your hat to go to the uh, uh, Ritter, Ritter High School football game? And so I just, I look, I mean, I looked like a Mexican. I just had a, I just had a cowboy hat <laughs> and a cowboy shirt on. That is the most racist And I just thing. went, no, I mean, that's like, that's not racist. I don't look like a black cowboy. When I put that on, I just look Mexican. I look like you would be like, hola, if you saw me, you know? And uh, it's, it's happened. They're like anytime I have a cowboy hat on, if I go into a Mexican restaurant, they just start speaking to me in Spanish. Hey, caballero. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I went to a football game, and I just was like, what, what if this is my new look? What if I'm just like the cowboy? I didn't really think it through. But uh, I showed up to the game, and uh, it was uh, Ritter versus... I, this all got awakened on this road trip, by the way, This these, these long repressed memories. But it was at the Ritter versus Pike football game, and I was like... Uh, I kind of walked away to the concession stand, away from my friends. I was by myself. And all these uh, all these teens came up at me from from the rival high school from Pike, and it was uh, it was all these like uh, menacing looking black kids. <laughs> and they came up and they kind of circled around me, and they were all just as like, "Oh, look at Cowboy Bob over here! Oh, look at his hat!" Like, and then like I could tell by the insults and the way that they were going that it was going to ramp up into violence. And I'm like. I'm about to get jumped. This is how this is how a jumping starts. And then there was a he wasn't on the I don't know if he was on the football team, but he was an athlete. I think he was a basketball player. There was this dude named uh, Nemo Grundy, and I was not necessarily friends with him, but we went to the same high school. And he just like appears out of nowhere like Batman, and he's just like, "Oh, you mess with Dyke Michaels? Dyke Michaels is the shit. You leave him alone. Like he's with me." And I was like, yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> like, did, you, did you say that? Yeah, I mean, I just was, no, I didn't, I didn't say anything. But in my head, I was just like, uh-huh. I just kind of shook it. Like, yep, that's true. I'm with him. And then he walked me out of the circle and, like, back to safety. And he was like, oh, man, you're right. I'm sorry about that. And it was just like, one, I'm never wearing a cowboy hat ever again. <laughs> and two, God bless Nemo Grundy. Dude, that's I mean, I love hearing a story like that because sometimes I think that that's like a plainclothes angel, <laughs> you know, like where there's something, yeah. it's like something where it's otherworldly. It's almost like a, like a, just a pedestrian miracle because I hearing you say that story and just being like delivered by this stranger out of this like 
situation where you were frankly going to get your ass beat and you potentially could have been killed because that's always on the table it's like now it reminds me of a totally different story but of the time where i felt i was completely out of control in a situation and where i was like i some secondary source swooped in and it was the time i was substitute teaching back in like one of the days I was living in Terre Haute, Indiana, so maybe like my young early 20s, and it was just something I was doing in addition to serving and drinking. And I subbed a kindergarten classroom once, what? and I was and I was having a perfectly good time. I never like tried to, I would like sub high school rooms, like nonverbal autistic like rooms. So I was like, I was having, you know, I was being stretched in a lot of different ways, but I have the kind of personality to be able to hang with that kind of shit. But the kindergartners, I never forget, that's the most of my gangsters ever been tested in my life because, like, they have no chill. They're, I feel like they're the most savage kids, like, humans oh, I've yeah. ever known. They're strong enough to where you, like, kind of look at them and you don't want to, like, test them a little bit. So it's like, and I also just went, didn't want to call their bluff. So it's like, anytime they ask me, thank God we had a, I remember a bathroom in the classroom because it's like, they would be like, I want to go to the bathroom. And I was like, I don't. I can't be dealing with you if you pee, pee your pants, you yeah. know? So I just was like, go. Don't abuse it, but go. And then they just couldn't sit still more than five minutes at a time, just always going wild. And I'll just never forget at one point, something, just like one thing led to another, and I felt like I was losing control of the classroom. Like, I remember looking out at a sea of five to six-year-olds and feeling a little bit of the the tip of fear, you know, just like or where it's like, this oh my God, what the fuck's happening in here? Yeah. And in that very moment, I don't know if it was just me, the feeling, I w- the pheromones I was emitting into the air of that classroom that of just like <laughs> light terror, you know, at this group of fucking where the wild things are. I just, but a, a little boy, I'll never forget, just appeared out of nowhere at my side. And he said... Cause I had called for quiet and he like, I'll, I don't remember whatever word he said, but he basically just said a word or several words that got instant quiet. And turns out it was later. I realized like the words his teacher says for quiet, uh. you know, whatever their little safe word is, yeah. you know? So he's like fully Minachi <laughs> and everybody just went, <laughs> and I swear to God, I looked at him and I was like sweating and he just looked at me like, you're okay, you know? And it was probably also the alcohol coming out. But it was like, that reminds me of him. And I just like, I still think of him to this day, you know? And I'm like, whoa, like what would have happened? Obviously those kindergartners weren't gonna, I hope, end my life. But I could have easily had like a panic attack or, you know, something else that would have just been not bueno for anyone in a situation like that. And I'm like, that little dude and that, Probably little dude that got you out of that ass whooping. Uh, thank you, wherever you are. So you're saying there's definitely heroes out there. That's beyond heroic. I love when I learn something new about my friends, and I didn't. I never knew you were a substitute teacher. That's great because, like, now I know. Like, we've all worked with children, uh, which I would have always assumed. This like, is the worst. <laughs> podcast name ever <laughs> we, we've all worked with children but like well i just always assumed that hannah with children is the same same way she is with dogs where she's just like yeah that's cute get off of me don't jump on me i actually really love children other people's children are my favorite thing um but i did not really like to handle them when i was drinking so i have i was kind of off duty for no it takes 15. a lot like, I was always good with, I'm ideally like uh, junior high or more. Like you have to be able to understand like sarcasm. Like I love working. It sounds weird, but like I like working with teens because it's just like you you you, you get sarcasm, you get jokes, you yeah. get you get what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're also self sufficient enough. If I you know if I give you a project, you can work on it. Yeah. Whereas like when I was at camp and they would give me like the little little kids. And you had to be more like a parent. Than a lot a, more alert. Yeah. Well, not only, yeah, yeah. Not only a lot more alert, but you have to be more of a parent than a big brother or whatever, or a mentor that like, I remember one time they never gave me, like I had one group of little kids, I think for a week. And I was like, please don't give me the little, little kid. Please don't give me the seven year old, the eight year olds. I'm just not, 
I'm good with them in short bursts. Like I can pop in for like an hour and hang out with them, but like not for a full week. And one time I did uh, a fall weekend where I came in late on a Friday night. So someone else had hung out with these kids all night. And then I was supposed to take over the group for Saturday, all of Saturday and Sunday morning. Right. So I'm the new person coming into this situation while the kids are asleep. So I, I, I come into this cabin and everyone's asleep on bunk beds and I just find my bunk bed and go to sleep. And then I wake up in the middle of the night to like some talking or something. And I wake up and I just see this small child standing in front of my bunk bed, talking, standing up, talking in his sleep. And I'm just like, it, it, it felt like a, I was looking at a demon or something. I didn't know what it was because he's talking to me, but he's not talking to me. You know, like he's just talking. And then I realized that he's just peeing his pants on the floor of the cabin. So this is like, we're talking nightmare material. Oh, yeah, yeah. This like is scary this, movie This stuff. is completely, this is, yeah, this is at a camp cabin in the woods, a kid I've oh. never met. Just, That's now it's getting like really scary. Yeah, man. like talking in Latin and <laughs> being his pants. Candy man. And then I have Candy to be man. like and then Candy I gotta be man. like, Oh hey buddy, that's Kidnap. not where you that's not where you go and I like pick him up and like take him to the bathroom and like just point him at the toilet and then I'm like, I'll go clean up that, don't you worry. And then I was like, Man, I yeah, I can't I can't do it. Also, one time they stuck me in a cabin and I was just like an area counselor. I, these weren't even my kids. I was just in the cabin and this kid woke up in the middle of the night, just handed me a bloody tooth. And he was like, this fell out. <laughs> Wait a second. He he wakes you up with the tooth in the face? Yeah, he like he just he like wakes me up and he's like sitting there with a bloody like napkin and tooth in it. And he goes, this fell out. And I was like, oh. And I was like, all right, well, I guess... Uh, I guess we'll put this under your pillow. And I remembered at that time, I didn't know. I didn't know what the going rate was for the tooth fairy. So I put $5 under his pillow and took the tooth for yourself. And then morning, I'm the tooth collector. <laughs> and, then, and then when his parents came and picked him up, they were not happy. That the price of a tooth had gone up to five dollars. <laughs> you took five dollars from him? No, I, I gave him five dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah you like you lose a tooth, you give me five dollars. Oh, in my house, we always lost money. <laughs> they always the, took money. The from tooth us. fairy's like a mafia. <laughs> oh, yeah. you lost another tooth. Hey, hey it's gonna cost you five bones. <laughs> oh my god, uh, we have an amazing show for you, uh, Renan. Hirschberg is going to be joining us via the, the drunk dial. Um, it's going to be an amazing, an amazing show. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for uh, coming by. Thank you for having me. And um, we'll see you later. Hey, Renan, welcome back to the drunk dial podcast. Uh, good to be back. Wait, so I, I did this podcast. You did. It did. And you had such okay. a great time that you buried it deep in your subconscious. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a repressed memory, but maybe uh, if we keep on talking, I'll come back to you. <laughs> well, no, I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're also joined um, with uh, comedian uh, Hannah Rushline in studio Hi, with Hannah. us. Hi, sweetheart. And uh, comedian Thaddeus McKee. Hey. Hey, Thaddeus? Yes, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, how are you? Why do you say it like that, like a detective? You know what? I'm, I have a mic in front of my face, and it felt like a DJ move, so fine. <laughs> yeah. Good name, Thaddeus. I like that. Thank Good you. Well, last time we talked to you, uh, New York was in a, it was in back in February. New York was in a questionable state, and there was this new, these new variants coming out. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, not just in New York, it's uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I listened You're to like last time in New York there was that COVID. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Thanks. Yeah. Oh no, the Midwest is done with it. Like, we we quit COVID a long <laughs> I time guess, ago. <laughs> I guess we're the only one doing shit about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What? Well, so yes, that's true. Um. Everything you said is true. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Did, wait, wait, was there a question? 
Oh no, I was just I was just laughing because okay. I went back and I listened to the last time you were on just to refresh, just to see if you were, had been talking about any projects or anything. And it was, I was like, oh man, we were in the exact same uh, place in February as we are right now. It was February of last year, so yeah, so everything had shut down, huh? Yeah. Um, are you are you are you in a wind tunnel? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting delivered. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's nice. for me. Yeah. Um, big time in us. It was yeah. badly time. It was badly time. Um, sorry. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, what? I thought it would come a little late. What, what are you eating? A salad. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of healthy. Uh, I'm trying to do like a detox and just eating like vegetables and fruit and meat. I don't know. It's kind of working. I feel like having a. I feel better. I feel like having a salad delivered kind of cancels each other out, though. I know, I know. <laughs> but I live in like a shitty part of town, and it's just not. There's nothing like less than a mile away for a salad. <laughs> so like, I live in a bad. I got to move. I live in a shitty neighborhood. So and it's like super hot. So I just can't. Well, whatever. I don't have to But uh. Don't make them. Don't let them make you feel bad about having a salad yeah. delivered. They're not even eating single salads, like let alone just, yeah. Yeah. you know, whether another set of legs brings it over to the house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I fucking I exercise. I just, it's like fucking boiling hot out. I can't. I'm not gonna walk a mile for a salad. Also here. Fucking. Oh yeah. Jared from Subway. Um, I-, <laughs> I mean, I know. I, I know that's not what he's. Most popular for now, but there was a time where a long time ago, there was a time where the thing Jared was most popular for was walking all the way to Subway every day to get a uh, a sandwich. Oh yeah, I um, I remember. He's from here, so like that's I, right, that's right. He's I, one of your. Uh, Local heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Reggie Miller and then Jared from Subway, you know. <laughs> Go ahead uh-huh. and we uh I yeah. saw him at an event one time and I got real excited. I was like, is that Jared from and I feel like he his entourage just kind of sw- swang swang around him and they were like, uh yeah. you know, don't mess with Jared. Yeah, I mean, you know, where have all the heroes gone, you know? It's like if you can't expect <laughs> if you can't expect a a guy who kind of lost weight and then exploited it somehow <laughs> to, for financial gain to not be a pedophile. I mean, who, who, who can you expect, you know? Um, it's so funny that the one guy that said, like, I'm sure a lot of people lost weight. Like that, but it's so funny that they just happened to pick a pedophile. Like, but it was like, God damn it. That was probably, like, it was probably like, they probably had other options of people who lost weight, you know? Yeah. They just you know, like, picked the wrong just, one. Just our luck. Just picked a guy who fucked kids. Yeah. Probably what happened with Papa John's too. They just happened to pick a racist as the, the head of the company. You know. Well, well he wasn't a mascot. He does his company. Show, He's Papa John. Back. He is the mascot. What are you talking about? He but is I mean, name did, and visit. But I mean, like, like Jared, they picked out of a fishbowl. <laughs> you show some respect to that n-word slinging uh, CEO. He fucking uh, he created it. That's I- it. I think I don't know. Have you ever seen Mark Zuckerberg is the mascot of Facebook? I mean, <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen those videos of him coming unhinged? Uh, like he he went on the news and he was all sweaty and he said he'd been eating thirty pizzas within thirty days just to <laughs> just to make sure that they were still up to par and they weren't. And then he said it I was. I did not. I did not. Say oh, that. it's great. Remember. This Google. When you get done with this, is Google uh, sweaty Papa John's, or he said that. Uh, he basically like kind of like laid a veiled threat about how he was going to like do something. And then like two months later, COVID happened. I'm just saying I used to work for the Papa. He was a real big piece of shit. He had uh, I just wh- want you to know they're going to try to edit this to make it look smooth. But I'm here to say that it's <laughs> up and we're we're now having to repiece it together. I do not want this to seem serious. Wow! Thank you so much. Sab- <laughs> Sabotage. It's, 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 that's a great shout out to the producer. And I was just about to say I loved watching your uh, Star Wars show when you came into Indianapolis. But oh, I'm gonna Star Wars. Oh, you're trying to confuse me with Sean Keller? Yeah, yeah. When you did Wait, the... or did you, or did you actually think I'm Sean Keller? You, no, you did a one man show. Yeah, but what about fucking Star Wars? That's Sean Keller. Yeah. 
Tom Taylor? Jesus Christ. Uh, I thought it was about Star Wars. It was uh, uh, It was about the losing your... It was about not having a cell phone, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Something about a cell phone. I saw it. Yeah. I, I remember. That's <laughs> uh, no, okay. I was probably drunk, uh, too. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was like a solo show. That was a while ago. But, um, yeah. So, what, what, what's, uh, what's the... Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, that was a, that, that, nothing. Uh, this is it's a show about nothing. It's the first time anyone's ever done that concept. Uh, uh, no, we we're just we we just call comics and and, and check up. I mean, you know, originally it was a, a check up on how they're doing with the 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 apocalypse, but then the world is right, right. slowly started to turn again too. So we're just kind of calling to to see how you're. Uh, you know your projects are going and stuff uh one of the big things last time we talked to you is how everything would had been on pause and now the world's kind of starting up again so like you know where are you at with that was you cl- climbing back up to the top uh working on projects again oh uh, yeah i mean i've been on the road uh, uh been on the road a decent amount um and then uh yeah i'm trying to shoot a special this fall so i'm, I'm working out the logistics for that Nice. Uh, I'm gonna put it on uh, uh, Straight White Man's Netflix, otherwise known <laughs> as a, otherwise known as YouTube. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just joking. And uh, I mean, I'm not joking, but you know. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm doing that. Um, it's been good. Yeah, I've been. Uh, but yeah, been around. I was in uh, Raleigh last week, and yeah, I got like a new hour, and yeah, things are great. Things are going well. Now, when you go to this, yeah. I, like, so I just went, we just, the three of us just got back from a, doing a weekend in Detroit, and mm-hmm. I don't get the opportunity to go on the road a lot, um, uh, but uh-huh. I, I had so much fun just, like, like, we did a show, we did three shows, we did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night show, but then in the day, it was just like a vacation, and we went to, like, out to a lake house, and we went and saw, like, an aquarium, and said all this stuff. Are you a person who takes full advantage when you go to a city and, and, and checks everything out or you just hang out in the hotel and, and do your own I thing? do like to, I do like to take advantage. My dad is like a big like he was always a big like, let's go when we're vacation, let's go see every museum and and every zoo and all that shit. So I, I kinda have that in my uh uh jeans or something. So I do I love museums and I love to go to zoos and stuff like that. Sometimes I'm like just too sometimes I'll like be a little too busy to do it, you know, like uh um you know, like, but like, well, I do, if I have time, I do love to like sightsee, you know, I especially love like a good, I love an art museum in like a smaller town that you can kind of like go through the whole thing in a couple hours. I love that feeling of like going through an entire art museum. Uh, you know, New York, all the art museums are so like, I mean, like endless. You have to, you know. Didn't you uh, and I go to so- Cincinnati's art museum together? Yeah. Okay. I, I was like having a flashback, and I was like, "We've done that in a place where we were doing comedy before." And Cincy's Art Museum, by the way, is phenomenal and free. Yeah. What? Yeah. Now, now I'm remember. Yeah. Because what? Was it that when we were at the? Uh, yeah, that's where they had a. a yeah, you were doing spots at Go. You were at Go Bananas, and I did some guesties, and then we just did that as like an activity, like a shared. Yeah. Remember intro- that? Bird- wasn't there? A, wasn't there a Burning Man exhibit? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a really good museum. I like that. Um, yeah, I love I love going to places. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're gonna be at um, Helium this weekend in Indianapolis. Yeah. How many shows you got going there? Uh, three. One Friday, two Saturday. Nice. And this mm-hmm. and this little Hoosier heater is going to be opening up for you on one of those shows. I'm hosting this weekend. Oh, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Well, not on Friday. Oh no, just no, Saturday. Just on Saturday. Okay. Oh, just Saturday. Okay, right, right. Not on Friday. Right. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. When does this podcast come out? Uh, this will come out tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Come out, come to the show. It'll be really fun. Mandy McKelvey's featuring. She's oh great. hell yes! I was uh, just about to ask, wow. and now I am wet. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. That's gonna be a fun show. That's a lot of loud feminine energy to come in after. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, you know, I got a lot of lab maps from entries, so it's all it all works out. <laughs> yeah, we'll just all be. Well, I was gonna say screaming, but Mandy's more subdued. I mean, subdued. Yeah, Mandy's a little more subdued. Subdued, yeah. I can be. Um, I might be. Who knows how old feels? It's gonna be great. Saturday. I think maybe the old the old band back together. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope you'll show up. Yeah, because you're originally a uh, you're originally a Midwest dude, right? I'm from Kentucky. Louisville, yeah, Kentucky. Louisville. How come you don't you don't have a no? There's no twang. You know, I'm Jewish. We're like a little I almost said the Jew <laughs> swallowed it up. Oh my god! And I thought this yeah. Jew swallowed. I swear it to God, up. that's what I was gonna say, and I, I guess I ended up saying it. But good, are there good on you. are there country Jews? Have you ever heard a a Jew Jews with I mean, the twang? I guess there's some, yeah, but a lot of a lot of Jews like have carriage from different places. So like you know, like I don't know, we're typically insular from the accent. But I, I've heard some redneck Jews for sure. Oh well, that'd be a treat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You're but the I prince of Jewoval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also Louisville, you know, I don't know. You know how it is. It's like some people have southern accents, a lot of, some people don't, you know. Well, it's like Indiana. Like, I don't feel like, yeah. you know, most people in Indianapolis have an accent, and you'll meet someone that lives 15 miles away, and they, they're full, full pure country. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Where did that... Um, I yeah. feel like Hannah had to do her best to get rid of her accent. I haven't. I mean, everyone keeps bringing it up, and so I've just leaned into it. It's I fine. don't know your accent, Hannah. Thank you for that. I mean, yeah, do you have an accent? Like, you have, like, a I don't accent? know, but I guess when I'm on the road a little bit, people are like, we definitely hear... You know, I don't oh, know if, like, it's the pedestrian racism coming out or... <laughs> The only time I've been told I had an accent is when I was talking to some people from Canada. And they're like, I love your southern twang. I was like, I don't have a fucking twang, lady. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Um, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, there are some red issues, but yeah. I mean, my mom's like in a very thick New York accent. So, you know, when you're raised with that, it like makes it a little different. Yeah, I mean, like I was going to say you're from Louisville, but if I didn't know that, I would I would guess that you were actually from New York. Yeah, well, you know. So that's got to serve you well being in New York, right? You're just like, yeah, I'm from, uh, yeah, two streets over. I guess. I kind of had more identity. In, uh, it's kind of a paradox because in Louisville, I was way more diverse because I was like a Jew, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. But but in the Midwest, no one cares about diversity. So it didn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every like fucking lineup, just a bunch of straight white guys anyway. You know what I mean? So in New York, People actually care about diversity on lineups, which is good. But mm. in New York, I'm no longer. I'm just a, a Jew in New York is just a fucking white guy. Yeah. So to go to a place with diversity, or like where they care about diversity, I then lose my diversity, and I only have it in a place that didn't care about it to begin with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you know, Hannah, Hannah, and I are both uh, mixed race, and and Thad is uh, Haitian. And uh, mm-hmm. normally that would be a super, but like, I feel like we went to this LGBT show and I was just like, man, we're just like three straight, <laughs> three straight <laughs> people from Indiana. Yeah. We really got to, we really got to bring it, bring the funny here. Cause I felt like, I felt like we turned into three straight white men somehow. Yeah. That well, makes you know, sense. Minority, minor, of course, minority is kind of like, uh, it's not a constant, it's kind of based on where you're at, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, so it all kind of fluctuates. It's, I mean, it's all, like, relative, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I lost my identity coming here, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, any other um, questions? <laughs> no, I was just, uh, just going to ask, what, what are your plans for tooling around the city this weekend? when you're not performing at Helium Comedy Club? Um, I don't know. I got to figure that out. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't fucking know. I I, I mean, I'm, I get in Friday, so I'm just going to, like, probably just chill. But, like, Saturday, I don't know. I mean, it's probably hot as balls, so I, I don't know if I'll do anything. But, you know, that's yeah. the thing. I do like to go out, but now it's really hot. I fucking hate well, there's plenty of places around here where you can order a, a nice hot Indiana salad, and they will deliver right to your hotel. I'm excited. I'm excited to try out the Indiana salad. You know, um, yeah. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to the show. I think it'll be a fun weekend. Yeah. Where can people find you and follow you on social media and keep up with everything that you're doing? 
So um, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Ron on Comedy, R-A-A-N-A-N Comedy. And you can uh, follow me on my YouTube channel. I'm, I'm posting a special this fall or fall winter. So I need more YouTube followers. So follow me on YouTube at Ron on Hirschberg. You know, R-A-A-N-A-N. Right on. You're, uh, and come to the show tonight, this weekend. Your YouTube clips are definitely worth uh, following. You get uh, you you definitely put the time in mm-hmm. to clip out a lot of stuff, but uh, everything that you post is is fucking hilarious. So. I definitely second that. Oh, thanks so much. When that I'm like scrolling yeah. through Instagram, I'm like, oh, let me let's see what he's up to. Yeah, legit, one of the oh, best writers yeah. out there. Yeah. I, I mean, while we're gonna say the nice things to you before I don't say any of that this weekend, I mean, <laughs> top notch you on the shit. So yeah. follow, follow, follow. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. That means a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of you, Hannah, and I, I, I don't really remember your comedy, but I'm sure it's good. No, no, I remember a little. You had some really good jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next time. We'll, we'll right, re- I feel like this is fifty first dates. Every first, uh, I'll just remember. <laughs> Who are you again? What? Are, what is this? <laughs> I feel like it's more like pregnancy, where you don't remember how painful it is. <laughs> We I love sh- I love that analogy from a man. Oh, right. remind us of how pregnancy yeah. is. Yeah, we should have another baby. I don't remember it being I that mean, bad. This podcast is so bad it made me feel the, the I'm pain one- of being a <laughs> there. I'm about to start my period. I hate this so much. All right, we'll talk to you next right. time. Thank you. Bye. Right, talk to you soon. Bye. Brad Riggler, you're on the Drunk Dial podcast with me and Thaddeus J. McKee. Howdy, partner. <laughs> well, howdy, y'all. <laughs> How you doing today? I am sober as a judge, so I guess not so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been just uh, having hit after hit with your uh, with your your, your your roast productions. Woo! And I've been I've been seeing them online, and it just seems like each one is bigger and better than the last one. And uh, you're doing them all over the all over the Midwest. Hmm. Yeah, we got it around. Like I said, you know, I wanted to. It was one of those things. It was COVID related, you know, when a lot of people feel it too. When we were everybody's all shut down, mm-hmm. you know, you're like you have all that time to think. Like, oh man, I wish I wasn't cooped up. I just want to go out and get it. So. When it opened up just a little bit, I just kicked. I was like, "We are going as hard and as long as we can until somebody stops us." You know. Yeah. Can you just for our listeners? Can you give like a kind of a synopsis of, of what it is and what it looks like? It is the Roast War Championship. Uh, you can check us on Facebook at Roast War Champ um, or RoastWarChamp.com. The idea is. It's roast battle, comic versus comic, and we have a set that has a steel cage. So we put the comics in the steel cage, and we have them, we have them uh, roast battle. It's an insult competition, and it's not like a tournament that night. A lot of roast battles are tournaments. Mm-hmm. This is just one-off. We run it like a boxing match or MMA, where it's just, we build up. We have one, they have one opponent. Each battle is just between two people, and um, you know there's several battles a night. And people, they have the comics have the chance to write and really prepare for it and rip into each other. Yeah, the ones that I've been to uh, have been amazing. Where you really have combined, like you said, wrestling and MMA with with uh, comedy with, with the roast battling. So not only is there a cage, but I, I've been to ones where you had someone come out and sing the national anthem. There's been uh, yeah. r- ring girls yeah. there. Um, there really, really is that element of popcorn. Yeah, people could throw popcorn. Yeah, it's like this weird mixture between uh, like MMA and boxing and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it is. It's like who am I kidding, right? I'm not like a, I'm not like you know I'm a comic. I'm not a, I'm not like a, I'm not like a, a jock. Yeah, you know, we're all just a bunch of theater dorks and stuff. So, you know, we're play. you know, it, it does have that element where you just don't know what's going to come next, you know, and uh, it, it's fun and people can throw popcorn at the cage and uh, it's just funny and, and, and cool. 
And, like, you know, it's grown. Like, today is actually the two-year anniversary of the first Rose Bowl championship at Vern. Oh, wow. And, yeah, today is the day. And it's, like, two years ago, um, you know, it was, on a, it was on a Friday, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. The point is, uh, it, it, like, it, it's grown from this, like, little tiny thing. Each time we added on to it. And really what makes cool is the comics. So we go to scenes, like, everywhere we do it, we do it where there's a scene. So it's like I could go to like some, you know, I could, I, the only way it works is if there's an existing scene of comics who, you know, it, it, like where there's, they're all like go to Mike and they, and they have like, a, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they are able, that's where it works best. So that's why Louisville's work. That's why Pittsburgh is work. That's why all these different places that we go, we're going to be heading up to, um, to we're heading up to dab to the Carolinas. Um, to do battle uh, with this guy Chris Carrado, he has a great scene happening down there, and um, it's just uh, it's about the comics because all I do is bring the set and I'm like a ringleader, but the show's only ever as strong as the people on it, and um, you know that's what it's all about, and, and it's just cool to meet all the different comics and have them just have a blast. Yeah, it's 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 really an amazing spectacle to watch like it, it's it's not like any other show even like any other roast battle like uh it's 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 such a unique idea and i've uh been lucky enough to watch it from the first one um yeah i i i, I really want to come out to you so your next one is in what the kakalakis is in carolina yeah it's down in carolina rock hill i, I like i want to say charlotte but it's in Rock Hills in South Carolina, but it's only like 30 minutes from Charlotte. Okay. So, I mean, I call it the Carolina. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's cool. This guy down there, Chris Carrado, and you can get him at uh, hashtag uh, Carrado Show. Um, he has this whole thing where I noticed when I was that he has uh, – he, he has this whole thing where you, you know, I saw that he was putting out, you survive. I survived the Corrado show because he was running these shows where the hecklers are vicious. Mm-hmm. And like, that's his whole thing. It's like, and I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. And so like comics from all around that area came and did Corrado shows to kind of get used to dealing with like a, a hostile audience. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, and so like, that was his whole thing. I was like, well, this sounds like the kind of person that would be perfect for the Rose Bowl Championship, he gets it, you know. And so I got in touch with him, and we, this is the second time we're going down there, and it's cool, you know. And it's like, and Louisville, we just had another great second show in Louisville, and that's just an awesome, those people are just so cool. Like, that that town is so cool, and um, it was just awesome to be a part of that and working with, um, you know, Chris Bowman and uh, Full Circle Comedy down there. And then I've had a, I've been doing it out in Pittsburgh almost as long as maybe a little bit, about a six months less than I've been doing the show. So it's the oldest other market. And, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to have all these different things. We're going to go, we're going to give uh, Detroit to try, um, and, uh, in October. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm so happy. And like, it's cool about it is, is like I said, the different scenes. And, like, you get into these different scenes, and there's ways they're the same, and there's the ways they're different. Yeah. And it's just really, it's awesome. So which one is the most harsh that you've you've had so far? Which is the worst or what? Best or what? Yeah, where do the comics just, like, go in at each other the hardest where you're like, wow, like, the crowd is a little bit anxious. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about what's going to happen <laughs> afterwards. Because, I mean, they get into oh. each other. The ones I went, even the first one I went to, it was going back and forth is pretty vicious. Thaddeus? Yeah. Is oh it yeah. Thaddeus? Th- yeah, Thaddeus. Okay, well, you should try to both introduce you. You know, you you all sound collective. <laughs> oh, you're doing so good. <laughs> you, you're going. You're doing so good, and you had to say that. Oh man. It has to be. There has to. Be, I'm saying the Road to War Champions. So I got to say something about <laughs> So what I'm saying is, uh, so you're right. Pittsburgh is where it gets straight up vicious. Um, they are vicious. Like Pittsburgh. Like every gets it to, you know everybody gets it to a certain degree like look we're all doing this for fun and all the rest of it but like pittsburgh is like it's personal like they nobody wants to everybody that gets in there is like i don't want nobody likes to lose 
but like they're like, dude, they're going right after yeah. it, and like they're expecting. But both sides are expecting it, mm. and you know that's the one thing. And and you know, person, it was actually Dyke who brought this to my attention, which was you know my original idea was to have like you know to make it a little bit more like the old Springer show where there was basically <laughs> just like people going and ripping each other up, you know? Yeah. And uh, and it was like okay, that's not. That's not fun for the audience. That actually makes them uncomfortable. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, so like, and so I don't want it to be. I don't want anybody to do anything that you know is going to make them feel uncomfortable. You know, I don't want them. And and still though, the uh, and so Pittsburgh is like it's consensual because roasting is like sex. You know. It's, it's really only fun if everybody's cool, you know. What I yeah. mean? Like you want you want consent from all involved. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You do want consent. Yeah, it's it's roasting is best. I honestly I think it's best between friends, or uh, yeah. at at the very least two people that both understand what's going on when you go in. But uh, I have seen roasts where it's just two people that don't like each other, and that'll. That'll make the whole room feel uncomfortable for for a long time to come. <laughs> oh, you know what? We did the show. I'll say it right now. We did a show in. Um, uh, we were up in Erie, PA, and the guy, uh, the guy up there, cool guy, got me on that. You know, got me a spot. He's like, I'll you know, I'll be your local showrunner. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you know? And then I put out the call for comics in the area, and this one guy got in touch with me. And um, I ran it by the showrunner. He goes, oh, no, that guy, no. He and I, we've got all this beef and all this problem. And I'll tell you, when I heard that, my antenna started, you know, I got my spidey sense going. I'm like, well, you know, that sounds like the main event. <laughs> and, um, you know, because that's what I'm saying. is like, especially if, like, everybody in the scene knows that you two have a problem. Yeah. And I'm, I got to tell you the truth. Like, how often do I honestly expect to be, like, driving with a steel cage from crash my roof to Erie. So, like, this is kind of it. So we might as well do it. Um, and I put him in there. And you know what? It sold tickets. Like, you know, it sold tickets, but it did get hostile. Um, and, and, like, you got that hostile vibe where you realize no matter what. And my whole goal, though, was I was like, here's the deal. The deal is I'll only, guys promote, I'll only promote this show if you guys promise that whatever the result, the beef is squashed. This ends it. This is the peak. This is the pinnacle. Everything that can be said can be said. And then once it's said, it's squashed. It's done. No more. And they both agreed to that. And wow. it was a vicious, vicious thing. And that ended it. That would squash the beef. Wow. That's and so it was a positive thing. And so that, that was turning a negative into a positive. Yeah, no, that's great. They're roommates now. <laughs> Roasting, bringing people together. That's what it's all about, baby. Try to find the love. Brad Riggler, where can people find you and keep up with all this roasting action? Well, yeah, you want to check us out. We definitely need to have people check us out at Roast War Champ um, on Facebook or IG. Um, you know, we sell out all our shows, but I swear... We can't get a damn like on our page to save our life. So please like <laughs> at Rose Lord Champ on Facebook. It makes it hard for me to book this damn thing because they're like six people like you. Your mother doesn't even like the page. Dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? So check out at Rose Lord Champ on Facebook and uh, or RoseWardChamp.com. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, fellas. <laughs>